I took this book off the shelf called The Teachings of Don Juan. I think I read it about 20 years ago the first time. It's one of my favorite books because of how weird it is. And Don Juan is this shaman from the Southwest United States and teaches this student, uh, Carlos Castaneda, who wrote the book. It's written in these like journal entries. It's just fascinating the way Don Juan answers these questions that Carlos asks. And he's asking him about shaman medicine and how to how to use peyote and all these different kind of ancient medicines that Don Juan knows about and that his teacher taught him. And there's all these mixtures with plants and grinding things up and putting them together. And he talks about enemies and protectors and allies and it's just it's it's so different than the way that we or the way that I was brought up and the knowledge that we're brought up with kind of the western medicine and the science and but it's such a refreshing read to think that way and to use language to just discover a whole different way to envision the world and I think I think when you're creatively thinking about things, sometimes you have to remember that language kind of defines the boundaries of how you see the world. So if you can find someone to kind of help you reframe things, different music, different poets, different authors, it helps you expand the way that you could look at the universe and the world. And The Teachings of Don Juan is a great book for that. There's specific chapters, too, that talk about when Don's trying to teach Carlos where this spot is. Um, so Don Juan is trying to teach him that there's a spot that if he sits there, he'll come to some realization of like how to be at rest. And he spends hours and hours looking for it. And I don't know why I like that part of the book, but I do. Um, and maybe because I like finding my spot and my place that I can be at rest and kind of spiritually recharge. Um, really good book, though. There's an excerpt. I'm going to leave a little audio excerpt on this. It's for you guys to listen to. Saturday, April 8th, 1962. In our conversations, Don Juan consistently used or referred to the phrase man of knowledge, but never explained what he meant by it. I asked him about it. A man of knowledge is one who has followed truthfully the hardships of learning, he said. A man who has, without rushing or without faltering, gone as far as he can in unraveling the secrets of power and knowledge. Can anyone be a man of knowledge? No, not anyone. Then what must a man do to become a man of knowledge? He must challenge and defeat his four natural enemies. The enemies a man encounters on the path of learning to become a man of knowledge are truly formidable. Most men succumb to them. What kind of enemies are they, Don Juan? He refused to talk about the enemies. He said it would be a long time before the subject would make any sense to me. I tried to keep the topic alive and asked him if he thought I could become a man of knowledge. He said no man could possibly tell that for sure. Sunday, April 15, 1962. 
As I was getting ready to leave, I decided to ask him once more about the enemies of a man of knowledge. I argued that I could not return for some time, and it would be a good idea to write down what he had to say and then think about it while I was away. He hesitated for a while, but then began to talk. When a man starts to learn, he's never clear about his objectives. His purpose is faulty. His intent is vague. He hopes for rewards that will never materialize, for he knows nothing of the hardships of learning. He slowly begins to learn, bit by bit at first, then in big chunks, and his thoughts soon clash. What he learns is never what he pictured or imagined, and so he begins to be afraid. Learning is never what one expects. Every step of learning is a new task, and the fear the man is experiencing begins to mount mercilessly, unyieldingly. His purpose becomes a battlefield, and thus he has stumbled upon the first of his natural enemies, fear, a terrible enemy, treacherous and difficult to overcome. It remains concealed at every turn of the way, prowling, waiting, and if the man, terrified in its presence, runs away, his enemy will have put an end to his quest. What will happen to the man if he runs away in fear? Nothing happens to him except that he will never learn. He will never become a man of knowledge. He will perhaps be a bully or a harmless, scared man. At any rate, he will be a defeated man. His first enemy will have put an end to his cravings. And what can he do to overcome fear? The answer is very simple. He must not run away. He must defy his fear, and in spite of it he must take the next step in learning, and the next, and the next. He must be fully afraid, and yet he must not stop. That is the rule. And the moment will come when his first enemy retreats. But won't the man be afraid again if something new happens to him? No. Once a man has vanquished fear, he's free from it for the rest of his life, because instead of fear, he's acquired clarity, a clarity of mind which erases fear. By then, a man knows his desires. He knows how to satisfy those desires. He can anticipate the new steps of learning, and a sharp clarity surrounds everything. The man feels that nothing is concealed, and thus he has encountered his second enemy, clarity. That clarity of mind which is so hard to obtain dispels fear, but also blinds. It forces the man never to doubt himself. It is like something incomplete. If the man yields to this make-believe power, he succumbed to his second enemy and will fumble with learning. He will be clear as long as he lives, but he will no longer learn or yearn for anything. But what does he have to do to avoid being defeated? He must do what he did with fear. He must defy his clarity and use it only to see. And the moment will come when he will understand that his clarity was only a point before his eyes. He will know at this point that the power he's been pursuing for so long is finally his. He can do with it whatever he pleases. His ally is at his command. His wish is the rule. He sees all that is around him, but he has also come across his fear.
I was on a run this evening and this I heard this person yelling, Norman, Norman. And I'm running and I'm running and I turn around and I see this dog running after me. It's like a red doodle mix of some sort. And this lady was calling her dog and saying my name at the the same time, which was I told her, I was like, my last name is Norman. <laughs>